I you know, the series for this month is, thank you, is being teachable, being teachable. And what more of being teachable than learning to be a father? And so that's what I titled the message, Lessons Learned as a Father. So I, um, I took the theme of the month and connected it to Father's Day and connected it to me because I've learned a lot in being a father and a grandfather. And so that's the title. And so could we just stand? I just, I have one verse, and this is the only time I'm going to refer to this directly, but the, my whole message is centered around this verse. And, uh, but it, it, it will, um, it'll just, it's there to guide us. And so it's Proverbs 1, 5. And I'll, I'll read it. It might be up on the screen. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands, obtain guidance. Amen. You may be seated. And so that, that will be the theme, how I've learned to be a father. And it's because of the father in, in heaven, our father, our, our heavenly father, our spiritual father, that, that we learn how to be a father. Amen. And so I just want to share, because I, I'll be talking about family and so I just want to share a little quick picture of my family, introduce you to my family. And so in the top left-hand corner is my immediate family, my, my father, my mother, my sister, and my brother. And uh, my father will be turning 89 in August. Amen. Amen. The Lord has blessed him with many years. He must, have been very, he must have been very good to his mother and father himself because that's a promise of the Lord, long life, right? If you honor your father and mother. And my mother um, is, uh, I always like to think she's 80-something, <laughs> more than 80, a little younger than my dad. <laughs> and then um, down on the bottom left is a part because if I put all of Amy's family, you wouldn't see Amy's family. <laughs> There's uh, her father and mother in that picture, along with some of her sisters and brothers and grand and her fam family's grandchildren. And this is when her father was alive. He's been with the Lord now for about five years. And uh, there's many things I learned from him as well as my dad. Then uh, the, the other three pictures represent my children. And so uh, on the top right-hand corner is my oldest daughter and her husband, Daryl. And they live in Massachusetts. And then on the middle top is my daughter Marisol and her husband Adam with their, their four children. They have a blended family. And uh, one, the oldest daughter just graduated from high school. And the youngest one is one year old. So <laughs> quite, a, quite a, uh, a variety there, quite a span. Amen. And so they live in Bridgeport. They go to Citywide. I was with them this morning. They presented the young one today uh, at Citywide. And then the bottom right-hand corner, you might remember them. They used to come to, well, all of them came to Gospel Light, actually, at one time. <laughs> my, my older daughter used to lead in worship at one time. And so um, Daniel and Laura are, are um, she's my youngest child, and uh, her husband, Daniel, is Pastor Josh's brother. And they have two children, uh, Aniston and Alexander, and one on the way. It will be coming in October. So there'll be seven. Amen. 
So I've learned a lot from these men in this picture. Not just my dad and my father-in-law, but also my sons-in-law, who are my sons as well. Because they've all, they're all, well, that one's not a father yet, but he's, he's ready. <laughs> the one at the top right there. But they've uh, learned a lot being a father, and I've learned a lot from them. Amen, about being a father. So I want to um, share with you uh, some, some points. There's, I could share a ton about lessons I've learned. You know, but the biggest, the most important father in our lives is Father God. Amen. Our Father in heaven. Because we all fail. We fall short, right? We, we can't do everything. We can't be everywhere. We can't be uh, everyone, to, you know, everything to everyone. We fall short, but God can. And he's given us his Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us and to, when we fall to pick us up. And so um, I thank God because our society today has failed in, in um, lifting up fathers for a long time. It, I, I sense that society has failed in promoting fathers and, and for... Um, and also having fathers as role models. It's hard to find fathers that are role models just because of the way things are in, in, in our society today. Even here today, some of you are probably thinking about your fathers and, and uh, you know, probably not, not good thoughts coming through your head. And so I want God to change that if, if that is the case. Because only he can only he can do that. So I'll do my best to, to share a few points about fatherhood. And so the first point, and it's funny, I've heard this point a couple times today in, uh, when I went to Citywide earlier today on the radio coming here, and, and someone else I think shared something. This point, learn from your mistakes. That's one of the biggest things I've learned as a father. And anybody, this applies to women, to mothers, fathers, anyone. We need to learn from our mistakes, right? Because we're not perfect. Only God is perfect. And I know as a young father, I became a father when I was 27 years old. I, you know, I've seen fathers even younger than that, right? And, and I had my share of mistakes as a father, especially with my first child, um, and even though I, you know, I made my mistakes, my three daughters turned out to be lovely women of God today. They're great wives, they're great mothers, uh, great, um, you know, just women of God, amen? And um, it's only because of God, because God's the one that transforms us. He gives us a new name, right? He, he takes the old and makes it new, Amen? And so I thank the Lord that he's done that with me and, and my family. And, you know, when you start something new, unless you get a lot of guidance and instruction, you're going to make mistakes, right? If, you know, just re recall maybe when you started a new job, right, and, and nobody explained to you the things very clearly, you make some mistakes, right? And sometimes they come to you, and I didn't know. You know, you, nobody told me. I had to learn it by myself. <laughs> and, and so 
uh, I thank God that sometimes, you know, we have somebody that could explain to us or there's a manual somewhere that helps to, to us to go to. And what's our manual as Christians? The Bible, right? We have the Bible to go to to learn about, our, you know, the right way. So to correct those mistakes. And so I remember a few times losing, um, you know, making those mistakes, losing my temper in raising my children things and saying words that I would later regret because you see I was a I was a believer and the holy spirit wouldn't allow it to to stay in my life you know when the whole when you say something or do something that's incorrect the holy spirit brings conviction and if it's not him he brings it through someone else speaking to you amen and so um I thank the lord that he's done that many times so I could learn from those mistakes I also remember a few times and, you know, you could raise your hand with me if you fell there, disciplining my children out of anger. All right? I'm sure many, like me, have fallen in this area. And so, um, you know, it, it, it talked, the Bible, right, talks about not to um, go to bed angry, right? And I remember having to, even though what my children did was incorrect, I had to go to them and apologize for my bad attitude, my negative words. And that was hard for me. That was hard for me because of, remember last week's message about pride? You know, I wanted to show them I was the father. <laughs> but fathers make mistakes. Amen? And, you know, I just heard today, coming back from Citywide on the radio, there's fathers that are afraid of that that they will f uh, do wrong to their children, that they would, um, I'm talking about grown-up fathers and children that are already grown, that they fear in going to see them even, or even, you know, acknowledging this day because they fear um, the reaction of their children or their, they recall their negative attitude, negative behaviors, that they don't want to face up to that. And so I thank God that I could go to him and confess my sins. And he is faithful and just to forgive me my sins and all my unrighteousness. Amen. Because that's what he died for. I thank the Lord for my wife who's here. Because she helped me raise those children. <laughs> you know, two is better than one. Amen. And, um, and a strand of three cannot be broken. And Jesus is in the middle of that, too. And so I thank the Lord for her. Because where I fell short, she came out strong. And she demonstrated God's love and grace during those times when I was weak. So I, I pray to God for those who are single parents. Because... You know, you have to do it alone. But it's always God is there for when you do fail and fall short. Amen. There's a scripture in Proverbs 26, 26, 11 and 12 that says, Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Do you see a man who is wise in his own ways? There is more hope for a fool than for him. I have a dog, <laughs> and I know that dogs 
when they get sick, you know, of what they've eaten, they will vomit, right? And they have this tendency to go back to it. <laughs> uh, okay, that's, okay, I'll get the disgusting part out of the way. <laughs> and so this verse makes it very clear. It's like in the, the nature of a dog to do that. And so when we don't behave, if we're Christians, we don't behave in the ways of the Lord, we tend to do that, go back to our folly, go back to our old ways of thinking, our dirty uh, thinking, right? Our stinking thinking, they call it, and, and because we, we shut God out of it. And those that don't know Jesus, they do it all the time because that's their nature to do that. They don't realize sometimes that it's, it hurts. It hurts others, and it, it, it it's disgusting like this, right? And so that's the ways of, of a fool. That's the true nature of a fool, it says here in this verse. He, um, this person, this fool, doesn't learn from his experiences and mistakes of the past. He continues the old familiar ways because he doesn't know better. And so his ways may even you know, disgust him and he may try to improve himself, but eventually this fool that doesn't know the Lord returns to the old ways. It says in Romans um, uh, 3.23, for all fall short of the glory of God. We're all sinful, right? We fall short and we go back. We, we um, tend to do what is not right. <clears throat> so... This man, uh, this person that, that is fool, <laughs> the one who doesn't know the Lord, has no solid foundation, right? And so there's nothing for him to turn to. There's no change of heart. And this is all he knows. And so his behavior, his sinful nature, is, could be compared to acting like a dog. It's funny because they say that, you know, in this scripture, I remember when I was... Uh, uh, in my teens and tw early 20s, I used to play softball, on, especially on Sundays. And, um, and there was Father's Day Sunday, and I would go and play softball. And I was in a Spanish league, and the other guys would say, El Dia de los Perros. I don't know if you've heard that. I'll translate for you. The Day of the Dogs. And they compared Father's Day to the Day of the Dogs. And so could you imagine, you speak that forward, you speak that out into the atmosphere, people, men, fathers are going to act like dogs. It just, you know, the Lord just recalled that in my head, that that's what Father's Day was known and is known to some people today. Paul gives advice and warning for us today from the book of 1 Corinthians. He shares the experiences that Israel went through when they left Egypt and wandered around the desert for 40 years. You could read about this through the book of Numbers. If you, you, know, no, if you read the book of Numbers, it, it tells you the history of Israel while they were in the desert. And Paul shares in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 how some of them were idolaters, some indulged in sexual immorality, some put God to the test, and many grumbled and complained. And um, God got fed up. 
You know, I read through numbers. The same thing kept repeating, repeating. Moses and Aaron would have to come before God and intervene or God was going to wipe them out. But there were times he, God did wipe some of them out for, for this kind of behavior. And it got to the point where, um, got to, got to the point where God, um, in those 40 years, None of them except two survived to go into the promised land. Only Joshua and Caleb, right? The rest passed away in the desert. It was the new generation that went into the promised land, not the ones that left Egypt. And then Paul, in 1 Corinthians 10, shares this scripture with us to highlight, to wrap up what he has just shared in verses 1 to 10 that I just told you about briefly. He says these words, now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. So God wrote this word. God put it in the scripture so that we could learn from it and not repeat the same mistakes. Even though... You know, sometimes we still do it, right? We still do the same things. We grumble, complain. We fall to the same sins that Israel did while they were in Egypt. But we have God to go to, to ask for forgiveness. And he will forgive and put those transgressions as far as east is from the west and forget about them. Amen? Thank God. Amen? I know that in the past we've shared about this definition of insanity here. Who remembers that? The definition of insanity, right? Repeating the same thing over and over and over again and thinking that you'll get this, the same results. You'll get, no, you'll get different results, expecting, but you get the same result, right? <laughs> That's the definition of insanity. Um, I want to share another scripture from the words of the Apostle Peter. And that's in 2 Peter 2, 20 to 22. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it, to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit. Here it is in the New Testament. And the sow, everybody knows what a sow is? It's a big pig, big one. After washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. Wow, reminds me of my dog sometimes to give him a bath. Give him a bath. He's nice and clean. He wants to go out. And so I have to lead him upstairs real quick to the, so he can dry up because he wants to go out and roll in the grass. Or <laughs> um, so let's take Peter's words to heart. Amen. We can all get, you know, in, defiled. We can all get dirty and tangled because of sin. If we um, start doing things you know, leaving Jesus behind, closing Jesus out, putting him in a closet. Jesus doesn't want it. He wants to come. He wants to come to you. He, he knows everything that's going on with you already. So why even hide? 
right? When Adam and Eve committed sin, they were hiding it in the garden. Jesus, uh, Jesus was there too. The Lord knew what they had done. Just come clean. Don't wait any longer. Um, the Lord, you know, when, we're, when we are, you know, caught in situations like that, we should surrender those temptations to God and don't go at it alone. That's what the enemy wants. He wants you to go at it alone. He thinks that you're, you know, you might think they're the only ones struggling with this particular issue in your life. Many of us go through these same issues. And he just wants you to be open. And it's even stronger when we go to another brother, if you're a man, or another sister, if you're a woman, um, and have them help you, you know, pray for you, and come and be accountable to them as well. Because it just, you know, again, as I shared earlier with my wife, two are better than one. And a, and a, and a strand of three cords cannot be easily broken. And so let's learn how to do that. Let's trust God and be open and, and uh, go to him, but also find a trusted brother or sister that you could go to in your struggle. And I'm talking about anything in life, not just as a father. Amen? So let's be wise and learn from our mistakes, right, instead of repeating them and going back to them. Amen? You with me? Amen, amen. By the way, uh, Pastor Josh and Sister Lauren are on vacation this week. They're in uh, Michigan, and so that's why they're not here with their family. I told them, send me a picture when you catch a fish. You know, I want to see that picture, amen. <laughs> and so, Pastor Josh, you're watching. I want to see that picture. <laughs> so number two, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. How many of us struggle with something without asking others for help? I've done it many times. Pastor Josh touched on this last week. What's the number one reason? Pride. Good. You heard that message. Amen. <laughs> you know, it's, it, this is a deep issue of pride when we don't ask for help. And I've, you know, this is something I've learned to do. I, I struggle with that a lot. You know, every once in a while it still even comes back. Right, Amy? <laughs> But, you know, every, I've learned to, when I go to a store, um, you know, I'm tired of going around looking for something. You know, I learned right from the beginning, if I don't know where this is, I'm going to find the clerk and ask the clerk as soon as possible. I don't want to be lingering in this store looking for, you know, this thing. <laughs> and so that's my immediate reaction right now. I don't, you know, I don't care what they think about me. I want to get this item and get out. <laughs> and so... Um, you know, those are lessons that I've learned, you know, from years of, of trying to do it by myself and finding it by myself. Psalm 121 verses 1 and 2 says, I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from, right? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. That should be our attitude. This scripture should be what comes to life. Let's call upon the Lord. Where's, you know, he's the one ready to help us. Amen. But why do we wait? <laughs> why do we forget to go to him first? You know, when it, when it comes to parenting and, and being a good father, who is the best source? But God, right? God himself. God himself is the best source. 
Like it says here, he's the creator of heaven and earth. He knows all things. He knows what's best for that child. All I had to go on was what I learned from my mom and dad. And some of those things weren't good, even though I loved them to death. So we need to cry out to God, like it says here, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. I don't know what to do. How do I make this baby stop crying? And that's real. That's real. When, when I took care of my oldest daughter, you know, there was a time Amy was going to school um, to be a teacher, to learn. Uh, she had a degree, but then she got another degree to become a teacher. And we had a baby daughter, our oldest daughter. And uh, I used to take care of her by myself while she was at school. And um, she would cry, 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 and sometimes for an hour. And I didn't know how to st make her stop crying. And recently, I, you know, I, I take care of my grandchildren now. And recently, I was taking care of my two-year-old granddaughter uh, a few months ago, and she started crying, and the crying reminded me of my daughter. And, and I was starting to get those old feelings and, and, and reacting like that, that, that old reaction started coming, lifting back out of me. And the Lord stopped, stopped me. And he said, go pick up that child. Put her against your chest. Tell her that you love her. And, you know, I did that. It only took five, oh, five minutes was a long time. But she stopped. The crying completely stopped. As a matter of fact, her old attitude and uh, demeanor totally stopped. If only I'd learned that with my daughter, my oldest daughter. But it took just an embrace. And doesn't that what God wants to do with each one of us? when we fail him and fall short. He wants to help us. And all we do is have to do is turn to him. And he wants to embrace us and put us against his bosom and tell him it's okay. It's okay. I'm here for you. Galatians 6.2 says, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. When it comes to raising children, many parents have already walked successfully that path. Like Amy and I have grandparents, right? Through, through our learning from our mistakes, our failures. We've learned a lot. So don't be afraid to ask for help and seek the wisdom and advice of others who have a voice of experience. I remember when my wife, Amy, would call up her mom and ask for advice, right? Many times to ask her for advice about our kids because her mom had gone through it. She raised up seven children and the first three were born within one year. 
12 months. She had twins, and then 12 months later had another one. It's like crazy triplets, she says. And so if anybody would have patience and, 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 and uh, experience would be her mom. And she's still alive today, praise the Lord. And she still has a, has a conversation with her on a, on a regular basis, amen? And so um, the same thing, you know, I, I as a father, I want to be open and honest with you. I had some resentments, resentments against my parents, my parents in the way I was brought up. And um, it was harder for me to go to them for advice. And it wasn't until I gave that over to the Lord. I had to surrender that to the Lord so that it wouldn't burden me going to them for help. And so don't hold on to things for too long. Release them to God so that you can restore that relationship. Because God wants us to be in good relationship with one another, especially family members. Amen? Our, our fathers, our mothers, our children, our grandchildren. Amen? And so when I started doing that, it opened the door. And there was a release and there was freedom. I talk to my parents every week. Every week I give them a call. We have a conversation about things and how things are going. And, and they still share some advice with me, even in their 80s. <laughs> so it's okay to ask for help while parenting, amen? It's okay. You don't have to go alone at it, amen? Don't do like this king, his name was Rehoboam, did in the Old Testament. He was the king of Judah after Solomon. And I just want to read this quick little scripture. I mean, it's a few verses, but I want to read through this quickly. It says, Then King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men who had stood before Solomon his father while he was yet alive, saying, How do you advise me to answer this people? And they said to him, Okay, so he goes to the old men, right? And he says to them, the elders, If you will be good to this people and please them, and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. But he abandoned the counsel that the old men gave him and took counsel with the young men who had grown up with him and stood before him, his buddies. <laughs> and he said to them, What do you advise that we answer this people who have said to me, Lighten the yoke that your father put on us? And the young men who had grown up with him said to him, Thus shall you speak to the people who said to you, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you lighten it for us. Thus you shall say to them, My little finger, this one here, my pinky, is thicker than my father's thighs. And now, whereas my father laid on you a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined with you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. You can read further in 2 Chronicles 10 and see what happened. I won't share anything else. I'm going to leave the mystery there in case you don't know. It's in 2 Chronicles chapter 10. So... Um, 
Rehoboam, instead of listening to the advice of those who had experience, those that had walked in the ways, you know, hopefully in the, in the proper ways, but because sometimes there's people that are older too and, and, and elder, they haven't walked in the ways of the Lord. So we got to be careful who we do get advice from. But he, he took the, instead of taking their advice, which was a very good advice, right? He took the advice of the younger ones, the inexperienced ones. And well, you can read what happened. And this leads me to the last point um, about lessons that I've learned as a father. And like I said, this could be an exhaustive list that I could stay here forever with you, but we're going to be celebrating Father's Day. So <laughs> I got some food to eat a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so the third one is be open to learn new ideas. Be open to learn new things, right? Because we don't have it all together. <laughs> Even someone walking with the Lord um, for many years still could learn some new things. Amen? And so Proverbs 1.5 says, I'm going to read two ver- Proverbs together. Proverbs 1.5 and Proverbs 9.9. 9. Proverbs 1.5 says, Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. Right? So you see that? The one who understands obtain guidance. So you're never, you're never too old to learn something. And Proverbs 9.9, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. And so these two verses remind me of um, my experience lately uh, in the last few years. I've been working in the school system uh, as a math consultant part-time. And so I've been going to a couple schools and working basically with teachers and, and helping them in their, in their math instruction by um, showing them what the content means, you know, understanding that content, because math could be very difficult to teach, and also how to present it to the children so children learn. You know, that's, a whole, that's called the pedagogy of teaching, the process of teaching. So, um, you know, I, I go in, and I, I have 35 years of experience teaching, so I've learned a few things. But you know what? When I go in, you know, you want to know a secret? I've learned more from watching them than any book that I could read or let be taught from. Because uh, to especially a lot of other things in life too, the best uh, source of learning something is seeing it right before you, observing it happening. Amen. And so I want, you know, we have some excellent teachers here in Bridgeport. I'm gonna say that again. We have some excellent teachers here in Bridgeport. They get put down so much. You know, I, there are a few. There are a few that, that probably, but don't we, don't we shouldn't focus on those few. We should focus on the, on the many that, that do a, a great job and hard work. And so, you know, I, when I went in to, uh, to work this past year, the, the principal told me, I want you to, observe a kindergarten teacher who's a new teacher. I said, kindergarten? I never taught below, third, like, well, actually, I only taught up to sixth grade but, and, and never really worked with teachers below third grade. You want me to go to kindergarten? <laughs> and so I, I said, sure, I'll go. And by going to that class, I learned how teachers teach 
little kids, five and six-year-olds. I, you know, I had the math content, but the teacher had more of the, the process. And, you know, I was able to, you know, give her some advice, but the best advice was showing her, telling her what she did well. Teachers don't get that enough. People don't get that enough. In our trade and whatever we do, we don't get people coming in to observe us and tell you're doing a great job. You're doing this well. And so the best part of my job is that, sitting together after the teaching and telling them, you did this well, you did this great. Oh, you know, I, I wish I, I could have learned that a long time ago myself. And then I share with them a few ideas. But, you know, and I also encourage them and I say, why don't you get together with this other teacher? She's going through the same thing. And what you just did with your class, she could use the help. Because, uh, again, sometimes, you know, teachers teach in isolation. And, I, you know, if one good, there's many good things that came out of this pandemic, believe it or not. But one good thing was that teachers started talking to one another more, Right? And, and reaching out to one another more during this pandemic. And so I hope it continues, you know, that, that they're able to, to share with one another. And so I learned so much, again, from my own parents. My dad, I want to share with you a couple things I learned from my dad. I learned to be responsible. To... Accept responsibility even when I failed, when I was wrong. I learned the, what it means to work, the value of work. My dad uh, worked in a hospital for 40 years. He started washing floors for many years. And because he had a good attitude and, and was teachable and wanted to teach others what he learned, they promoted him. And because of his education, he didn't reach the top of the department to be the department head, but he was the assistant to the head because he was able to teach others what he learned through the job, and he had a good attitude about it. From Amy's dad, I learned um, how to be um, responsible with my family and with, with money. Her dad was excellent in, in handling uh, financial things for his home and for his children. And he taught me the, the value of saving for the future for, for my children and for my children's children. I've learned things from my own son-in-laws, Adam and Daniel, two fathers of little kids. Daniel is so patient so loving with his children. Uh, at his age, if they did some of the things that, 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 they do, that they do, I would have lost it. And I never have seen him lose it yet in all the years I've seen him as his dad. And Adam, he just loves his children. He, you know, I've seen him when, he, when his children act up, he, you know, he gives them all, you know, up to a certain point, and then if they keep breaking, he takes them aside. To have a talk with them in private. 
and then they come back a little later, okay. I would have lost it right there in front of everybody. So I've learned a lot from these men in my life. I also thank the Lord that he's given me another chance. I'm just going to take this tie off. Unbutton my shirt. I'm not going to take it all off. (laughs) But underneath this shirt, leave it there. I have this other shirt. So there's my six grandkids here. And it says six reasons I love being a papa. It's going to be seven, so I'm going to need a new shirt. (laughs) And um, I thank the Lord that He's given me another chance with my grandchildren to learn from my mistakes, to be open again to these new ideas that I'm learning, that I've learned, and and to be, you know, Papa to them. God has taught me a lot about patience through the years. Again, just experience and, and watching others. And, uh, you know, my, my grandchildren are sweet grandchildren. I love them to death. I learned to demonstrate God's love to them as I, I speak words of encouragement to them and, and words of affirmation to them, which I didn't do a lot when I was father to my, my girls. He's taught me on how to feel their pain and to comfort them when they're upset instead of getting angry at them. One of the best things that I've learned is how to have fun with them. That when they um, are told by their parents, we're going to go to Papa and Mima's, they get all excited to want to come to our house. And I'm going to just leave it. <laughs> I'm trying to button it, but I can't, I can't talk and do the same. Um, so, but, you know, um, the, you know it's, it's very rewarding, but I also know that I'm only a granddad. I'm Papa. And to, they have someone called Mom and Dad to answer to that I can't do, that I can't take the place of. Only a Mom and Dad can, can give them that, that, that love that a mom and dad should give their children. And so um, the main part of raising them up, it falls on their shoulders, on the parents. Amen? And so, you know, it comes a time where I say, bye-bye. <laughs> you go home, Papa got to rest now. <laughs> Take a nap. <laughs> um, and so I... I want to leave you this last verse. Um, it's out of Luke, Luke 2.52. And this is a verse that talks about Jesus. You see, Jesus had an earthly father and mother, Mary and Joseph. And they raised him up as their, their son, even though he was their creator. That, like, that blows my mind, you know. 
he, he had to answer to them as their earthly fathers, earthly father and mother. And it says in Luke 2.52, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. Our children need to grow in the wisdom of God and in the knowledge of the world as well. That's why they go to school, right? But they need to um, know that um, the right ways of God as well. And only you as a parent can do that. I mean, we could depend on it. We, we thank the Lord that we have others in the church, especially that help. But the main responsibility is of the parent to teach them the ways of God. And it says that Jesus grew in stature. That's our physical stature, our physical well-being, right? So we have to take care of this body, right? Eat the right foods, exercise. You know, my wife's always after me with that. Um, and, and so we have to take care of it. Jesus grew in stature. And in our relationship with God and others around us, right, with God and man. And so we need to know how to relate with one another. Right? We're not called to be hermits and live in isolation. We're, we're called to have fellowship. And, 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 and not give up meeting together in the body of Christ. Amen? And so, everything that we teach has to come from the Lord. He's our ultimate instructor, right? And this is why we can never stop receiving from Him. We can never stop reading the Bible. I journal as I read as well, so I can write down some ideas. We never ha stop praying to God. We need to do that daily, amen? Stay connected, right, so that we could receive from him and then give unto others, especially our children, amen? So in conclusion, these have been just a, a few lessons, right, of many that I could have shared um, on how to raise up children and knowing that I'm not perfect, none of us are, but we have a heavenly father that is perfect that we could go to. He knows the plans that will make our children prosperous and successful. He knew already, right, Sister Dina, in our, in our mother's womb while they're being created, right? He had those plans already in motion. When our three daughters were in Amy's womb, we prayed for them while they were in the womb. We knew that it was our responsibility to take care of them for 18 or so years that it was mostly our responsibility, but then we had to release them and trust the Lord to continue to do the work in them as he has done, amen? So we constantly need to ask God for his advice in the decisions that we make in raising up our children. It's a big responsibility, so we need a big God, right? a big God to help us in that responsibility, so that we could apply his word, apply his principles in raising up our children. Um, don't leave it up to others. Take up that responsibility as every father and mother should. Amen? I want to read this poem, and, and, and then um, I'm going to close in a prayer. Uh, and then, So let me read this poem to you. It really touched me when I read this poem. It's called Strength of a Mountain. God took the strength of a mountain the majesty of a tree, the warmth of a summer sun, the calm of a quiet sea, the generous soul of nature, the comforting arm of night, the wisdom of the ages, the power of the eagle's flight, the joy of a morning in spring, 
the faith of a mustard seed, the patience of eternity, the depth of a family need. Then God combined these qualities when there was nothing more to add. He knew his masterpiece, his masterpiece was complete, and so he called it Dad. The author's unknown. So I want to just pray. I'm, I'm going to have a, uh, I'm going to pray in general, and then I'm going to have all the fathers, if you don't mind, come up, and I want to pray for all the fathers to, that are here today. But I just want to make a prayer in general, because this message wasn't just for fathers, right? It was for all of us today. Amen? And so let, let's, let's stand and pray. Lord, I, I, I just thank you for this word today, Father God. May it continue to, to resonate and speak to our hearts. Continue to speak boldly, O Lord, to our hearts on this word. That we could have learned from our mistakes, Father God. That it's okay to ask for help. That we could... Be open to new ways and new ideas and many more, Father God. Forgive us, Lord, when we failed you or because we failed you, we ran away from you. Because you've always there, ready to receive us with your loving arms. And so embrace everyone here right now that is going through something, that is struggling with something right now, Help them to be honest with you, O Lord. To surrender their will unto you to do your will. To surrender their pride unto you to learn what your humility is all about. To surrender all our faults and failures because you died for them on the cross. And so thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our faithful Father the one who has never left us, left us or, or forsaken us, never failed us. Thank you for being that true Father. We surrender all to you now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So I'm going to ask, you could be seated, ask all the fathers that are here to come forward, amen? Anyone who's a father. And I want to pray for you. I could tie if I could button my shirt. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you face the um, face the? I'll pray for you from here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. First of all, the Lord wants me to tell you that you are faithful and true. You've given all to him as a father. And you want to be used, continue to be used as a father. You have more and more to give. You've learned from your experiences 
you've learned from your failures. Continue to apply what you've learned to serve Him. Continue to have the patience and the boldness that He's looking for and being that faithful father to your children and a loving husband to your wife. Continue to trust in Him in your insecurities and to walk in His ways and keep your eyes on Him alone and not the advice of those that don't know Him. Continue to move by His Spirit. Continue to surrender all your fears and failures. Continue to speak life into situations that seem hopeless and in despair. The Lord will change it and turn it around. Continue to trust Him for all wisdom and knowledge. Even as you walk and your, your story is similar to mine, you're learning still, and God's giving you another chance to your grandchildren to share those things that you might have regretted from the past. You are a father to many. Though they're not from the blood directly, you speak life to many. And the Lord will continue to use you and bless you. And I don't know, I might even give you flesh and blood as a son or daughter. Trust in him to do that. The Lord is with you. He has never abandoned you or left you, even though you might sense he has. Trust in his word. Trust in his advice. Trust in the wisdom of those who have walked with him. And he will lead you in a straight path. Surrender all to him. And trust in him alone. The Lord has blessed you greatly as a father in the last year. Continue to learn from him. Continue to trust in him. You're a great and loving father. Continue to learn the father's love as you pour the love toward your child. Continue to learn the things that he has to teach you and teach them to others. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for these men of God who have put their faith and trust in you as fathers with all their imperfections, with all um, weaknesses and failures. Help each one of them draw closer to you to learn from, from you, the ultimate father, the loving father, on how to be, 
be even better fathers and grandfathers as well. Thank you, Jesus. Bless each one of these men and others who might be online right now listening to continue to receive from you, Father God, all that you have to offer. I ask this in the name of Jesus.